Baby girl, who told you money doesn't grow on trees? Or let me guess, someone told you money is the root of all evil. While this seems like good reasoning and legit, let me let you in on a little secret. This is why you're still broke. Wealth is a mindset. Wealth is in your daily habits. Wealth is for everyone, not just the chosen few. My name is Candace Young. I'm a credit repair expert. I love long walks to the bank, and I'm determined to help you embrace your finances so you can be confident in building wealth regardless of your current income. Welcome to the Money Mindset Queen podcast. It's time to start building wealth now. Hey, rich girls. Hey, it's your girl Candice, and I have something super special to share with you guys. Throughout the podcast, I heavily discuss how important it is to pray, manifest, and speak the things you want into existence. With that being said, on Thanksgiving weekend, 2021, I will be releasing the Money Mindset Affirmation Cards. The first step in creating wealth is to believe that you're worthy of it. The second step is to purchase these Money Mindset Affirmation Cards. These cards will help you unlock the potential for wealth. I am living proof that these cards work, and I'm so excited to share them with you guys. These cards aren't just a wonderful thing to gift yourself. They're also a perfect gift for that rich girl in your life who might just need an extra nudge in the right direction. I cannot wait for you guys to get these money mindset affirmation cards in your hands and continue the journey to being a rich girl. Toodles. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Money Mindset Queen podcast. It's your girl, Candice, and I will be your host as usual. I want to shout out the OG rich girls for tuning back in with me. Hey, girl. Hey. And I want to shout out the new rich girls who might have just stumbled across the podcast and are here to join us for the journey. In case you didn't know, this is a journey to financial freedom. When you opened this podcast today, you were pulling up to the rich girls table. That's just how we roll around here. So again, my name is Candice and we drop episodes every Monday. So I fully expect y'all to pull up to the rich girls table because guess what? If you haven't heard the previous seasons or even the first episode of this season, you're going to want to pull up a chair. You're going to want to kick it with us. Okay. I'm so grateful for this tribe. I'm so grateful for the community that we have built over the past two seasons and the connections that we have made. And I'm so, so excited to just continue to dive into season three of the podcast. I've grown, you've grown, we've all made a little bit more money. So let's get really excited about what's to come for all of us, right? So first things first, it is Money Making Monday. I pray that you had a phenomenal weekend and I pray that you prioritized yourself and that you prioritized rest. Because oftentimes we, we start running around on the weekends and by the time you turn around, it's Sunday at five o'clock and you haven't done anything for yourself and it's time to start preparing for Monday. So I hope that you spent some time this weekend, whether it was a mani, a petty, whether it was a trip to Target, whether it was a massage, whether it was just 10 minutes of alone time that you dedicated to you, I hope that you prioritized yourself. And I hope that you had a restful and peaceful weekend. I pray that you are ready for the week and all of the opportunities that are going to come to you this week and all of the resources that will make themselves available to you this week. I hope that you're ready because it's going to be a beautiful week and it's going to be even better because you're kicking it off with me. 
You pulled up to the rich girl's table, so you're guaranteed to have a wonderful week. So I want to go ahead and just jump in to this episode today because I'm so excited to discuss this. I don't think enough people talk about this. I don't think enough people discuss the topic we're going to get into today. It's, it's sort of taboo. People don't want to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it today because we talk about everything at the rich girl's table. Nothing is off limits. So we're going to title this episode Cuffing Season. We're going to talk about relationships and dating and money. Okay. For those of you that follow me on social media at your credit queen on Instagram, you will know that your girl got engaged. I mentioned it briefly on the first episode of the season, but I couldn't help but create an episode about cuffing season because I am newly engaged and I am over the moon. I have found him. I have found my partner, my soulmate. The, the best man that I've ever met asked me to spend the rest of our lives together. And I have been over the moon ever since. We've got a really bomb relationship. So I've been happy for a long time. But to have that rock on my hand just makes it so much sweeter. So I have been having an amazing few months being a fiance, just embracing becoming a wife, embracing becoming, you know, um, one with my partner and being able to really, really just build a life together and build a legacy together. And it takes so much, right, to fully put yourself out there and be vulnerable enough to find that person. And I'm so proud of myself and my fiance for putting ourselves out there, for taking a chance on each other and for finding out that we were 1000% meant to be together. I mean, it's real corny, y'all. Like we even finish each other's sentences sometimes. I mean, it doesn't get any cornier than that, but I love it. This is what I prayed for. I prayed for a man that was fine, that loved God, that was a little bit gangster, that had his stuff together and God sent him. So a real quick sidebar for my ladies who are in their single season right now, trust me, he's out there. You got to be vulnerable. You got to be willing to meet people. You're not going to meet people sitting on the couch watching Netflix. I'm just throwing that out there. Also, I have several friends and even family members who have met their spouses on dating apps. So don't sleep on the dating apps. Okay. Maybe one day on the podcast, I'll tell you all about how me and Bay met. It was absolute uh, just Cinderella story. It was such a coincidence and it just, it just worked out so well. And he is my person. I am his person. And I am just over the moon that we're going to be getting married. We're going to be getting married here soon. So that is why that actually triggered me to create an episode called Cuffing Season. Because I knew that we were going to be listening to the podcast during the winter months, during the colder months, which is what we call in the culture cuffing season. OK, and cuffing season 
is a time period where you have put yourself out there. You're a little more vulnerable than normal. You're a little more open to new relationships because you don't want to spend the winter and the cold months alone. Yeah, I said it. That's what cuffing season is all about. And so that's why I titled this episode Cuffing Season because oftentimes we don't realize that finances are a huge factor in a relationship. Financial goals, visions for the future, right? One time I was having a conversation with my brother and he was giving me relationship advice. And the one thing that really stuck with me in that conversation was when he said, that you and your spouse, your partner, whatever the case might be, have to have the same vision for life or else it's not going to work. It has nothing to do with the physical appearance. It has nothing to do with how smart they are, et cetera, et cetera. You have to have the same vision for your lives in order for it to truly work. And so That sort of stayed with me because when you have those conversations, when you're laid up on a Saturday morning and it's super cold outside and, you know, maybe he brought you breakfast in bed and you're having these conversations about your dreams and where you see yourself in five or 10 years and what kind of house you want to live in and what kind of cars you want to have and what credit score you want to have and, you know, how many businesses you want to launch. Believe it or not, you're having conversations with your partner or your cuffing season partner about money. Believe it or not, the underlying tone of those conversations is money. I have had girlfriends say to me, he was so fine, but he had no ambition. I have had men, male friends, say the same thing to me, like, yo, shorty's bad, but she don't got nothing going on with her. She don't have no ambition. She don't got no drive. Like she, she's perfectly happy with where she's at right now. She's not looking to grow. She's not looking to do anything, right? This is all directly correlated with finances, right? When we're out here dating and we're out here trying to find the person that, you know, could potentially be our person, we are having a lot of underlying conversations that all sort of lead up to how are you with money? What's your credit score, right? I watch a show, don't judge me. I watch, a, I watch a show called Ready to Love. And there was a woman in one of the seasons whose first question for a man was, you know, about finances. And rightfully so, because they're on this time crunch trying to figure out, you know, who's a good match for them. So understandably so. I don't fully believe that on a first date, you should be asking somebody about finances, but hey. You know, she was on a time crunch. She had to do what she had to do. And so he was very thrown back by that. But what we don't realize is when we're sharing our dreams with people, when we're telling people what we want to accomplish in life and where we want to be, we are, in a sense, having a conversation about money. So let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about cuffing season. Let's talk about what it looks like to really have conversations about money and really understand like, are we on the same page? Do we look at things the same? Are we in, are we in the same boat? Because as you know, as cliche and as much as you've might've heard this, right? I think divorce, I think the divorce rate, like the number two reason for divorce is finances. Because we spend a lot of time 
in the beginning of the relationship, just loving up on each other, right? The honeymoon phase. I like to say the honeymoon phase lasts a lot longer when it's really your person, because sometimes I still feel like I'm in the honeymoon phase. But that honeymoon phase where you're just loving up on each other and you're going out all the time and, you know, new restaurants and trips and vacations and and really nice gifts and flowers every week. Like that's that honeymoon season, right? That's that honeymoon phase. So you're not really thinking about, you know, oh, how, you know, how is he spending all of this money on me? Right? Like, does you know, I know what he does or, you know, I know what he what he has going on financially, but how is he spending all this money? How is he paying for a whole vacation? Like, not that you should question that, right? We want to be with people who can spoil us. Obviously, we're rich girls. We spoil ourselves. We want to be with people who can spoil us. But is a man doing these things or is a woman doing these things for you to impress you and, you know, going broke in the, in the background, right? Going into debt in the background, like what, what's happening, right? And that's what I mean by we should be in tune with these things because there's three kind of people. There's spenders, there's savers, and there's avoiders. Okay. So spenders are, I would say I could potentially line up under the spenders category because I like to, I like to spend a lot. Like grocery shopping is fun for me. I just like to spend money. It Listen, it just is what it is. You got to know yourself, right? You got to know your strengths. You got to know your weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is that I just like to spend money. My mother used to say that when I had money in my pocket, it would be burning a hole in my pocket because I just had to spend it, right? And I took that same attitude all into my adult life. If I had money in my pocket, it was burning a hole because I just had to spend it, right? And, but at the same token, I'm also a saver, right? What I am not is an avoider, right? I'm also a saver. I have no problem saving money. If I have a, if I set a goal for myself and I want to save this amount of money, please believe it's going to happen, right? And then you have avoiders, right? People who don't even, who don't talk about money. They don't want to talk about money. They, they avoid their financial situation, even if it's in ruins, right? And so that's, that's where you, you have to categorize yourself and you have to almost identify the people that you're dating. Like, okay, you're, you're a saver. You can tell they come off a little cheap, you know, they like, oh, we don't have to do that or blah, 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 blah. they're a saver. It's cool. When you understand the background as to why somebody is the way they are, right? You have no idea what somebody's saving for. They might be saving for y'all house. They might be saving to buy you a house. They might be saving to buy you a car, right? When you understand people's background and why they are the way they are, it makes it easier. That's why it's nice to have these conversations about dreams and visions. And that's the easy way to do it, right? Where do you see yourself in five years? Like what kind of neighborhood do you want to live in, right? What kind of car do you want to be driving, right? What, what's your ideal credit score, right? What's, what's ideal for you to have saved up, in, saved up in a bank, right? We get these answers through just your regular casual conversations, but we should know about this just as much as we should know how they treat their mom just as much as we should know how they keep do they keep their house clean all of these things that we're looking for initially in relationships finances should be in there a little bit right i've heard horror stories about dates right like my girlfriends may have gone out on a date and you know the man oh he pulled the i forgot my wallet right oh you know maybe you could pick me up because my car is in the shop right and we have a good laugh about it. Like, oh, you know, maybe he's broke, like whatever. Or maybe he doesn't have a car. Like we have a good laugh about it. But realistically, ain't shit funny. 
You know why? Because some women end up with that man and they end up marrying him and they don't figure out that he has no sense of financial stability at all until it's too late. And that's scary. And that's what makes finances the number two reason for divorce in the States. Okay. So what that ends up being is you end up dating your financial opposite, right? And so for me and Bay, I wouldn't say that we're financial opposites. We both like to spend. We both like nice things. But when it comes down to buckling down, like, okay, we, we have to make this really big purchase. Like, let's say, for example, we have to buy a big appliance for the house. It is very easy for my fiance to, to go into save mode, to cut everything out, to just cut out the eating out, to cut out the shopping. For me, it's a little harder. Right. I tell them all the time, like I'm not sacrificing any self-care for any savings goal. I'm not going to stop getting my nails done. I'm not going to stop getting my hair done, my brows, my wax, et cetera. It's just not happening. He fully respects that. I fully respect that some nights when I feel like eating out, he might say, let's just cook. And I fully respect that. Because, you know, ordering DoorDash for just you sometimes is reasonable. But when you throw in, a second hat and maybe an appetizer. Yeah, a hundred dollars easily. A hundred dollars a pop. A hundred dollars a pop. Then you gotta tip them. I mean, hello. We you gotta tip the you gotta tip the folks. They coming to drop your food off. You gotta tip the folks. So a hundred and twenty, right? One night you could have made some chicken breast and some brown rice and some broccoli and been good, but you being lazy, you don't want to, right? That's me. I'm a little lazy. Sometimes I don't want to. Like, for example, on a night where I've had a long day, I'm coming home to record. It's like six o'clock. I'm like, ah, let's just order. He's like, yeah, let's make breakfast. That's quick. We both love breakfast, right? Oh, okay. And that is where we are slightly different. But there are people out there that are complete financial opposites, meaning you're a spender, he's a saver, vice versa, right? He can't understand or she can't understand why you just will not spend the money on whatever it is. They can't understand why you're continuously spending all of your money and you don't have any leftover, right? This is a complete financial opposite. Now, here's the thing. I'm not coming up here to rain on your parade because I know some of y'all right now is sitting back like, damn, am I with my financial opposite because he likes to save or because he likes to spend or because he's an avoider? Not necessarily, but there are ways to get around that. There are ways to not let it hurt your relationship. First things first, I want to talk about the cons about being with your financial opposite. Because we always talk about, you know, the not so great things first. And then we go into the positive. The cons of being with your financial opposite is that you might end up in debt messing with them, right? Let's just say you're the saver, they're the spender. You might end up in debt messing with them. You might be debt free. And for whatever reason, now you have found yourself in some sort of debt because you are financial opposites. Your credit score might take a hit. You know, once you get married, that credit score impacts your credit score. Your credit score could take a hit. And then there's also just the the plain, they just don't want to talk about money. 
They just don't want to talk about it. They don't want to have the uncomfortable conversations about money. Because now you want to know what's going on, right? Like, hey, everything all right? Bills paid? Everything good? Because we ain't got time. (laughs) We really don't. So these are some cons to being with your financial opposite. But the pros, let's be clear, if you're a spender, right? Spender slash saver like me, and you're with someone who knows how to save and who understands the science behind savings, because savings is an art. So if you are somebody who is a spender and you love to spend, you got to have a man or a woman or, or a partner who's going to get you together when you need to get got together, period. You need someone who's going to say, we're not doing that because we have goals, because we have big goals that we have set for ourselves as a couple. So we are not going to sabotage those goals for a good time tonight or for a good time this weekend. Let's think of something else to do. Let's think of something different that will still give us the same satisfaction. Okay, maybe we're not going to go to Jamaica this weekend impromptu out of nowhere all of a sudden. Maybe we go to Miami though, right? They're going to compromise with you. They're going to give you insight as to why you should move a certain way. They're going to be able to show you and illustrate, right? The beauty of being able to save, the beauty of being financially savvy, the beauty of a great credit score. They're going to be able to to show you tangible things that are a result of being financially savvy. Okay. That insight is incredible. Because a lot of us don't have it. Now, on the flip side of that, guess what? If you're somebody who is a little El Cheapo, (laughs) if you're somebody who's too financially savvy, too together with your finances, this person might show you how to just enjoy your money a little more, right? We work really hard. And like, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm all about saving up for big goals and all of that, but I'm big on treating yourself. (laughs) Big, big on treating yourself. So sometimes that's the that's the conversation I have with my fiance. Like, hey, listen, you work really hard. Like buy yourself those sneakers, buy yourself that, you know, whatever fancy thing you want to buy yourself because you work really hard and you deserve it. So this is me as a spender personality providing insight to him so that he doesn't feel a way about making a big purchase for himself. It's self-care at the end of the day. Self-care is understanding that we do need to treat ourselves. We do need to reward ourselves sometimes. It's not always about pinching every penny. And it's not about punishing yourself. Oh, I'm just going to stop drinking my $5 Starbucks every day or my $7 Starbucks every day. That's not going to make you rich. So sometimes we need the perspective of someone who's going to tell us like, you better get that bag for yourself. Like get the bag, get the Brandon Blackwood. I love my branded Blackwood bag, by the way. I'm still waiting for my Teflar bag, but we ain't even going to get into that. But anyway, sometimes we need that perspective because we are so wrapped up in our goals and so wrapped up in this savings plan. And oh my gosh, I've got to save all this money that we're not taking time to treat ourselves. I tell all of my clients, please make sure that before you show me your spending plan, your budget sheet, whatever it is that you want to show me, that you have carved in entertainment and self-care. Don't come to me unless you have carved that in. Because we have to treat ourselves. We have to. It's a must. Okay? 
So now let's go ahead and let's talk about how to not let, let's say you do run into your financial opposite. You like, girl, he fine. It ain't that bad. I love his family. He loves my family. You know, we get along really well. He, you know, he pays for Netflix. Like I love him, right? He can cook. He's a provider, a protector, et cetera. Let's say you have ran into your financial opposite and you're like, I'm going to make this work because this is my person and, and our differences, you know, make us better. It makes us even a better match, right? Now, how do we not let it hurt our relationships? Number one, y'all should, y'all should probably already be able to guess this. Communicate. Make sure you're communicating. Make sure that you're having conversations about decisions that you are making, right? Because like I said earlier, sometimes we, you end up in a relationship with somebody without realizing that they're your financial opposite. And you realize that they're, they're your financial opposite well into the relationship. Sometimes people are already married when they realize that somebody's their financial opposite, right? So how do we deal with that? That number one step is communication. Open, honest, and clear communication. Do not let a day, an hour, a minute go by without your partner knowing how you feel about a decision that they have made. Let them know or inquire with them, hey, you know, what was your thought process behind this, right? Like, I, I noticed you made this really big purchase, you know, wasn't in the plans. It was, it was sort of, you know, out of nowhere. Like, tell me, you know, like what, tell me a little bit about, you know, why we made this purchase. Cause you are we now, <laughs> you are we for sure. So just open and honest communication. Or if you make, I know most of y'all, most of y'all is OGs listening to this, right? So I know y'all might've seen the episode of Martin where they was doing a joint bank account thing and he went and bought a super expensive TV. She went and bought a bread maker, I think it was, or whatever, whatever. And, you know, the episode ends with them saying, oh, we're going to put all our money together. And then they don't put their money together, right? But the communication part is the biggest piece. Because if you remember the episode specifically, Gina had a lot more money than she told Martin she had. But it was for a rainy day. She wanted to make sure that she was able to protect her and Martin, right? In case something came up financially. And that's deep. Like, I know we're talking about a Martin episode, but that's mad deep to tell your partner, like, yeah, I have, have 10,000 in savings when you really got 30 racks, right? I mean, really, like Cardi being offset is married and she just gave him two, $2 million for his birthday. They married. He knows how much money is in the accounts. He knows what's going on. But for whatever reason, she was able to cut that check like and surprise him with $2 million. Like here, babe, right? So they don't always have to know when it's a good situation, right? But sometimes when the situation is not so good, we have to communicate. We got to say, hey, listen, babe, let's sit down and have a conversation. I'm, you know, I'm having a really hard time with my finances. Like, I think I may just need to re reevaluate some things and change up some habits. Be open, be vulnerable and be honest with your partner. Let them know that you're struggling, right? Sometimes, you know, they might, they might say, hey, like, let's do this. And it might be a situation where you both need to chip in and maybe you ain't got it. Be honest, be open, be honest with them and let them know you ain't got it right now. Let them know you can't do that right now, right? 
Respect. The second piece under right under communication is respecting your partner's financial goals. So if your partner has a goal of, let's say they want to pay off their student loans in the next year. Let's say they want to purchase a new car, cash money. They don't want no car note. Let's say they want to boost their credit score to 850, right? So they can, you know, just so they could be in a great space. Let's say they want to launch a business, right? And there are certain actions that they have to take in order to be able to accomplish these goals. We have to respect those actions. We have to say, you know what? I understand. I see the end goal. Remember when I said earlier, part of a successful marriage is having the same vision for for the future, right? I respect that goal. I understand that goal and I can I can get behind it, right? So your partner comes to you and they say they have this goal and you're like, okay. And immediately you might think to yourself, damn, that means we're going to have to stay in a lot. That means we're going to have to save a lot of money, <laughs> right? But if you believe in that vision and you both have the same vision for the future, guess what? That's not going to seem hard. It's not going to seem hard to put the brakes on some things to make sure that you guys are in line with that goal to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Part of the reason I'm so excited to marry my partner, my fiance, my soulmate, my person is because I know that we both have the same vision for the future. And I know that we can lock it down when necessary. And I know that we know how to have a good time and spend money when it's time to as well. I know that we have both created that balance in our lives where we don't have to pick and choose. Oh, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. We can do whatever we want. It's what we're going to choose to do in order to have the future that we are planning for. That doesn't mean to be cheap. That doesn't mean to save every penny. That means to understand the vision that we have and to take the actions that it takes to accomplish our goals. Point blank, period. It has zero to do with, oh, you know, we're not going to be able to take that vacation this year. We're not going to be able to go on that trip this year. Who cares? Who cares? Because you understand the vision. You are building a legacy together. You are building a family together. You are building in general. You are building. And so you understand that. And they have to respect your financial goals because sometimes your financial goal is to buy a Chanel bag. <laughs> and that's okay too. <laughs> okay. It's not always about saving up for this huge, you know, oh, let's buy a, you know, a million dollar house. It ain't always about saving up a $20,000 um, down payment for a house. Sometimes you just want a Chanel bag. Sometimes you just want some new boots, right? Period. Sometimes you just want the new phone that dropped. That won't be me. I still have an IMAX or whatever you want to call it, a Mac 10, whatever. Because that's that's part of my rich girl persona. Like if it ain't broke, I ain't getting a new one. <laughs> but sometimes your financial goal is to save it for something that you just really want. Right. Or sometimes it's to say like, yo, I got four racks, you know, extra sitting around. I'm gonna go buy me a bag. Sometimes it's just that. It don't always have to be this huge goal. Sometimes it's really just like, I just want to be comfortable going to Target and not worrying about how much, even though it's always 300 or better. I don't want to have to worry about that. Y'all don't judge me. We love Target on this side. Okay. 
Target literally tells you what you need. But seriously, y'all, it's about respecting each other's financial goals. The last thing I want to touch on as it relates to not letting finances, not letting being with your financial opposite impact your relationship is creating boundaries. Sometimes one or both of you have to say, I'm not doing that because it doesn't align with my goals. And these are the difficult conversations and uncomfortable conversations we talked about. But if that person is the right person for you, guess what, baby? It's not going to be a difficult conversation. It's not going to be an uncomfortable conversation because they're not going to make it an uncomfortable conversation. They're going to fully respect your boundaries as it relates to finances, and they're going to support those boundaries by helping you in any way that they can. And that's just the bottom line. We have to create boundaries in a lot of areas of our lives, right? Personally, with friends, we have to create boundaries at work because you're not just going to talk to me any old way or you're not just going to throw any old project at me, right? So we have to create boundaries. We have to get really good at creating boundaries. And a lot of people think like, oh, there, you know, there's no boundaries in your relationship. That's your person. Like you just know you can absolutely create boundaries. If I'm being honest. When I, when I met my fiance, some of the boundaries that he had absolutely made me fall even more in love with him to know that he had these deep values and these things that he just would not tolerate. Right. I loved it. His level of respect for me, right? Like he don't play about me (laughs) at all, ever. That made me fall even more in love. So I don't want you to look at boundaries in a negative light. And I want you to know not just how to create your own boundaries, but how to respect your partner's boundaries as well, because that's so important. And we could we could stray off the, the financial topic at this time, just creating boundaries, period. This doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? But there are certain things that there are just certain qualities you want your partner to possess. Like if you believe in something, I need you to stand on that. I like that. Uh, my fiance doesn't waver on how he feels about certain things, about his values, about his core values, about what truly matters to him. I love that, you know, you're not going to talk to him in your kind of way. He, he takes respect very seriously, respecting him, respecting me, respecting his son, his family, just period. He's not going to let anybody have any sort of lack of respect for anybody around him or anybody in his circle. That's so sexy to me. So when I say boundaries, right, I don't mean I don't mean it in a negative light. I mean, just what 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 are you going to stand for and what are you not going to stand for? Period. But financial boundaries, right, are also a thing. If you're like, listen, like. I got ten thousand dollars in debt. I really can't go to brunch every weekend, right? Like, even though he might say like, yo, I'm paying, you just feel like, listen, I just want to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do on my end to make sure that I'm getting ready to, that I'm prepared and ready to take care of this debt, right? You have the conversation with him like, hey, let's, or her, like, hey, let's cook, you know, let's cook more. Let's look up some recipes and have an at-home date night, right? Let's, let's do this. Let's do that, blah, blah, blah. Because it'll all support your financial goals. 
Those are the conversations I'm talking about. Those are the boundaries I'm talking about, right? And then what it, what's also really nice is to know that your partner has created a financial boundary for themselves, but you have done so well for yourself that you can in turn turn around and, and, and gift them with something that they wouldn't get themselves because they have created financial boundaries for themselves. So for example, your man or your shorty wants the ones that just dropped, but they're like, you know what? This is a sacrifice I'm going to make for my future. But you, somebody just cut you a check. It's looking real nice. All your bills is paid. Your savings looks chunky. Your emergency fund is good. And you decide, I'm going to get you the ones, right? So financial freedom just, just circles back to so many areas of our life. And that's why I wanted to talk about cuffing season because I want to make sure that as rich girls when y'all are out there in the dating world that you are not letting some of these things go over your head that you're paying attention to that man or to that woman and understanding that they and understanding where they're coming from through their conversations you don't have to start a conversation off of what are your financial goals what's your credit score But as you listen to your partner and you listen to them talk, you will fully understand their vision, where they are financially, where they want to be financially, just through the way they talk. So don't forget to listen for that too. Don't forget to listen for where your partner sees themselves in five to 10 years. Don't forget to listen for the ambition in their voice. Don't forget to listen for the passion in their voice. Don't forget to take note and let them know how proud of them you are when they accomplish one of the goals they've set for themselves. Don't forget to celebrate them, right? Because this is all going to attribute to you both being financially free together. And isn't that the goal? Isn't that the goal? to be financially free together. And at some point after you, you've, you know, gone through whatever you've gone through um, to get to where you are, you've saved, you've sacrificed, you've got the promotions at work. Isn't it nice to just be able to kick back and be with your part and be rich? I want me and my husband to be filthy rich, so rich that we can start to impact our community positively by giving back to the community, by, by hosting courses to teach the community how to get rich. I want to be, I want us to be filthy, rich, wealthy, generational, and build generational wealth for the future, for our future children, for the children that are here now, for our families, and for any, for everyone around us. The goal is to get with someone and become such a huge positive force that you start to impact everyone around you, that people look at you and say like, yup, not relationship goals, but I definitely want to align with some of the stuff that they do, some of the stuff that they've accomplished, right? I look at some of these Hollywood couples and I have no desire to have the fame. Just give me the money. Me and my husband, I want to be able to host a bunch of events that give back to the community right? But we have to be on the same page. He and I have to have the same vision and praise God that we do. And I pray, my prayer for you is that if you are in your single season and you are dating, or if you are already in a relationship, that you have a divine connection 
and that you fully understand each other and that you fully understand each other's boundaries and that you have the same vision for your futures. Because it's so, so important to make sure that you and your partner have the same vision or else cuffing season was in vain or else cuffing season was for no reason. You didn't cuff the right one. You got to have the same vision. (laughs) So ladies, and depending on where you're at on the map, it might be cold right now. I'm in Virginia and it's cold in Virginia right now. It's, that means it's cuffing season. That means we out here. <laughs> okay. So be sure that you are thoughtfully navigating cuffing season. If you have found someone and you have found your partner, I'm so happy for you because it's such a beautiful thing to find the person that you're meant to be with. If you are still navigating the dating world, I'm sending you all the good vibes all of the good vibes. I promise you, continue to put yourself out there. The right person will show up. The right person will show up. God will send the right person. I tell everybody that God had to have sent my fiance because the connection that we have is unreal, right? So don't sell yourself short. Wait for that connection. Wait for that divine connection because it is so, so worth it. Do not sell yourself short. You deserve everything that you are looking for in a partner. Literally everything. I used to think you had to have one thing or another thing. Oh, maybe he has all of this, but he doesn't have this. I promise you there's somebody out there that has it all. Okay. And in this cuffing season, I wish you nothing but handsome, beautiful, fit, tall, not fit, whatever it is that you're looking for in a person, smart, reads a lot of books, loves TV shows, loves Netflix and then chilling, loves to cook, whatever it is you're looking for in a person. I pray that you find that and I pray that they see you and that you see them for exactly who you are. And that you fall in love with each other for exactly who and what you are. I thank you ladies so much for joining me for the second episode of season three. I hope you enjoyed this and I hope that you got something out of it. Because whether you are in cuffing season trying to navigate the dating world, whether you are married for some years, whether you are, you know, single, whatever it might be. I think that we can all benefit from understanding that. Cuffing season is much more than just finding somebody to Netflix and chill with. It could potentially be the start of a beautiful relationship with someone that results in a marriage, if that's something that you want, or that just results in a great time, right? And so I want us to continue to be open and put ourselves out there and be vulnerable in all areas of our life, including dating, because you are beautiful, you are intelligent, you are capable. You a bad B, okay? You deserve nothing but the best. And I pray that you remember that each and every time you put yourself out there in the world. Okay, so thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Money Mindset Queen podcast. Cuffing season, you already know the vibes. 
I look forward to getting with you guys again next Monday. And I pray that you have a beautiful week. And I pray that you make a lot, a lot of money this week. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I will see you next time. Toodles, rich girls. You hear that? It sounds like money flowing into your bank account. Thanks so much for tuning in with your girl on the Money Mindset Queen podcast. You made a choice today to grow mentally and financially and to attract abundance. Help someone else out and send this their way because we all deserve a life full of health, wealth, and abundance. And there's no need to wait. Make sure you tag us while listening or head over to Your Credit Queen on Instagram to learn more on how we can snatch your credit score in no time and come up with a plan that works for you to get your finances in order this year. Until next week, remember, rich is hard and broke is hard. You get to choose your heart.